0: I got into online entrepreneurship by a number of measures. I became good at it, and then I became passionate about it. Now I love it, but it wasn't because I was following my passion. If you put in the work and you become good at something, it becomes your passion. I think that's a lot more sustainable in the long term than trying to follow your passion.
1: Today, we get to speak with Raymond Blackney. He's an award-winning Filipino-American entrepreneur who has over a decade of experience building, bootstrapping, and operating 67-figure remote businesses. He has been featured along with his businesses in magazines such as Entrepreneur, Forbes, the Boston Globe, and other top publications. He even used to own a chocolate factory in the Philippines. So let's learn more about Raymond in this fun conversation. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Hey, Ray, how are you doing? Thank you so much for coming out to the podcast. Hey, Junaid. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome, dude. So, I met Ray through the SPI Pro group, I guess you call it. Community, it's, I think is the word they're using. Community, right? That. So, um, what's funny is that um, I, this was a couple of months ago and I met him through the, the new member meetup where there's like 48 people jumped on the Zoom call. And we were in one of the breakout rooms and we got to talk and, and communicate. And I was like, I reached out to all of the folks that I had met uh, there. And I was like, hey, I would like to bring you on to the podcast and, and talk about it. And what's funny is that I, we pay to be part of this SPI group and, you know, run by the team, by uh, and uh, our awesome leader. <laughs> I don't know if I want to call him that. um but, <laughs> but, uh, Good old Pat Flynn, right? So he's he's been an amazing, amazing, huge inspiration. He's such a kind guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this community, uh, I've been there like a couple of times. I need to, you know, spend. I'm I'm part of so many communities, and there's so many so little time in the day, and also having a full time job, it's it's not easy to um, juggle all of these things. So hopefully someday I'll. <laughs> I'll schedule time out and be like, all right, I'm going to spend one day here, one day in this community, one day in this community, Mm -hmm. spread it out a little better. And yeah, it was really awesome, you know, learning about you and all the many things that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started.
0: Yeah. um, It's a kind of convoluted story. You know, we were talking before we got online that if we had to put one job description on our business card, you and I would both be stuck because there's no real way of, (laughs) covering it all. Um, Little backstory is, let's see, I was born in the Philippines, grew up in Turkey. My dad's from the US, so I went to college in the United States and now I live in Mexico. My wife is Mexican. My training was in computer engineering. So I went to college for that. I did my what I like to call my tour of duty out mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley because nobody lasts very long out there. I mean, you know, we work, <laughs> you work like eighty hours a week and all the rest of it. It was yeah. great in my early twenties. I wouldn't want to be doing it again now. Um, and I was then I went on to work for a little more stable companies, Fortune 500. This was back in the first bubble bursting, two thousand three or four, I think, was mm-hmm. when the the tech bubble first burst, and yeah. that's why everybody wanted stable jobs. So I got a Fortune 500 company. Afterwards, I joined. I was kind of working in an office and I'm like, there's gotta be more to life than this. Right. I mean, kind of going to this cube every single day and um, you know, just producing stuff that I don't really, I'm not very passionate about. And I apologize for the dog barking in the background. This is COVID. (laughs) Everybody's working from home. Right. So yeah, we we all (laughs) have that. Um, So I was sitting there and I needed something different. So I quit my job. It was, you know, close to a six figure programming job and I joined the US Peace Corps. So I just quit it. They paid me $150 a month to go to southern Mexico to help out in the indigenous communities in southern Mexico. Right. That's where I met, met, met my wife. She wasn't part of the community. She was actually one of the, the Peace Corps staff, one of the Spanish teachers that they hired to teach us all about the culture and all the rest of it. Um, and afterwards, I finished my two years. I was flat broke. And we decided, hey, this is a great time to start a business. I mean, why not? Right. So that's how I got into entrepreneurship. My wife and I started our first two businesses together. The first one being a chain, what ended up being a chain of brick and mortar schools in Mexico. Um, We sold those in 2012. And right now we work together in one of my businesses. I'm in multiple. She focuses on this one um, called livelingua.com. It's one of the top online language schools in the world. And we like to brag that we're the only one of the top five that has no venture capital money. We are bootstrap mom and pop operation going against, you know, $20 million VC venture capitalists in that space.
1: That is amazing. I remember you mentioning something like that in the intro call and wow, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, and when you said, you know, you, you're flat broken. What other time is it to build your own business and Yes, you, the, the only way <laughs> up is the only way to go, right? You're doing Pretty something much. more than nothing.
0: Well, there's, there's, there's you know, I'll put a little caveat in there for us at least. You know, we always thought, because I was in my, what, 28, 29 at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and the worst case scenario for us is luckily we get along great with our parents. You know, I'm a computer engineer. She's a bilingual certified teacher. Worst case scenario, we it wouldn't work and we'd get jobs. And yeah. we'd probably be making six figures between both of us. So like, we looked at it and like, really? that's the worst thing that'll happen is that our parents will take us in for a month or two while we get back up on our feet. And then we do fine. I mean, so our risk was a little mitigated by that.
1: Well, that's, that's really beautiful because having that opportunity, it really opens your eyes, opens your doors and it makes you appreciate all the time that we have to be able to work on what we're really passionate about. And I've been, you know, I've, I didn't really go to school. I, I didn't finish school, but I, I, you know, got into something that I love to do, like building computers and and building websites. So I was always building something, and then that that enabled me to get into design and and graphic design and user experience because that was something that I was passionate about. But over time, what happens is that you start to lose a little bit of yourself or a little bit, you know, passion around it. Of course, technology is changing continuously. There's new stuff coming out. You know, Apple's got new. Uh, Operating system and Google's got a new operating system. There's new design guidelines. There's, there's new stuff always on the horizon. So it kind of keeps you fresh, but then the one thing that you miss out on is the community aspect of it. Sure. I could go be, I, sh- I could have been going to UX communities and those communities, but I was like, there's got to be something different out there. And then, and I was always drawn to something like this where Meeting people, new people out of nowhere where there's a sense of belonging, there's a sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And I think the entrepreneur bubble, the entrepreneur community is exactly what that is.
0: Well, that's exactly, especially the online community. And not necessarily that everybody's business is online, but that just kind of in the similar space. Yeah. Um, kind of brings that all together a lot of the communities i'm very active in um and i even speak at conferences and stuff in these communities is what they call like the digital entrepreneurs those who Mm -hmm. travel the world and also start you know significant businesses while doing it um because i find at least for me i these kind of people that i have a lot of the same interests as they do i mean you know they're and i can meet them anywhere i mean i recently this was right before COVID you know, spoke at a conference in Thailand. And now one of the guys that I met there is coming here to Mexico, To you know, is living here in the town of Mexico because he's just kind of holding out while the storm's, you know, passing. So he's like, hey, come on, come to Mexico. Yeah. So these kind of communities, you know, we stay in touch online, but we see each other all over the world. There are people I've seen in Europe, Asia, you know, South America and, you know, totally separate places, but I see the same people from that community. And I really like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's really powerful and with COVID, what's, what's happened is that you're able to spend more time online and find these communities. Mm-hmm. Because we're home, we're, we're, we've saved two hours or to two to ten hours out of our weeks from commuting. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to worry about thinking about going somewhere to eat because you, everybody's staying home, eating at home. So we've, saved, we've kind of saved a lot of time. And to fill that human connection gap, we've – we found these zoom communities. Like I was just reading an article today where zoom stock price since last year, like September nine, 2019, the stock price was $75 today. It's, it actually the, just last month it was over 450 dollars <laughs>
0: makes us all wish we'd bought something other than mutual funds and just bought you know bought <laughs> zoom stock but come on that's like winning the lottery like if you can guess that kind of stuff it you're is. warren buffett i mean for the most part right so that's
1: true yeah. and 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 so it's it's really amazing to see where technology has gone and we are so dependent on this technology in fact we're using zoom
0: right now to record this conversation my entire business is built on this technology. Live lingua is online one-on-one language lessons that we do over wow. skype and zoom. my I've been doing you know using this technology for years. Without this, I would not have a, my biggest business right now. Wow,
1: that is so powerful. Mm. so <laughs> there you go, man. Technology is something that we are heavily reliant on, and as digital entrepreneurs, it's more and more apparent on what you need for your business to run
0: mm-hmm. All right, it, but so, it opens up opportunities too, right? For everybody, it because it used to be that you'd have to have, pass some gatekeepers to start your business, right? Register it, have money, rent a building, all the rest of it. Yeah. Now you need $60 to get a hosting at like Bluehost and put WordPress on there and buy a $15 theme and you're good to go. You have a business. I mean, That's it, right. for a hundred bucks, you can launch a business easily these days.
1: Yeah. The hardest part, the hardest part is figuring out what that business is going to be, why you're even doing it right? That, that why question, it always comes up in these community calls, like, what is my why? What is my reason to exist? What content do I create? Like, all of that is like more harder than starting a business online.
0: Agreed. One of the things that's at least from my experience, when looking for the why, none of my businesses are my why, my businesses help me reach my why, right? Yes. So I'm, you know, it's not that I, one of the things I like to say is, Whenever somebody says, hey, follow your passion, I say, don't do that, you're passionate. If you do that, that will not be your passion for very long. Um, what I do believe in though, is building your passion. I was not passionate, I didn't become an online entrepreneur because I was passionate about online entrepreneurship. Right. I got into online entrepreneurship by a number of measures. I became good at it and then I became passionate about it. Now I love it, but it wasn't because I was following my passion. If you yeah. put in the work and you become good at something, it becomes your passion. I think that's a lot more sustainable in the long term than trying to follow your passion. Hey, I like you know this, and so I'm gonna do it professionally. I've yeah. never heard of that really working for many people.
1: No, you're absolutely right. and and as human beings, we grow, right? We're constantly growing, we're constantly overcoming and the struggles that we first face. like for example, Sure, it's harder to start something, but once you've started, like okay, the challenge is over. I need I need a new challenge. So we need new challenges all the time. So we've got to have we've got to have a ladder or some kind of step building to rise up, essentially, right? So as entrepreneurship, we are always seeing those challenges, and if you and there's I guess there's no tried and true plan. Like everybody faces. a I was about to way. say, I'm,
0: plenty of people selling tried and true plans online, but I guarantee yes. to you, the only thing they're se- the only tried and true plan, is selling tried and true plans online. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all so like, right. You know, that's just like there's. You ask them, have you ever built a seven figure business? No, no. Nope, but I, sell I one. It's this business on how to sell seven figure build business. <laughs> that's the only one I've ever built. So oh no, 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 God, no. I've great. done it. It took me ten. You know, it took me ten years to build my first seven figure business. Yeah. Um. I built a few mid to high six figures after that, but it was because of, and it was a little quicker, but it was because of what I learned to build that 10 that seven figure business. Exactly. So I joke with people it's like, "Why don't you write a book?" And I'm like, "My book would be how to build a seven figure business in a decade and nobody would buy it." Because nobody wants that. They want the 30-day <laughs> no, the 30-day right? version. Yeah, so I yeah, it, that's at least not been my experience on how building businesses work, Unless you're already rich, in which case it's probably easier. I wouldn't It's know.
1: probably easier. Yeah. But even then, it's it's probably easier to spend the money or hire somebody well, that's what you do, you right? That. Exactly. That's what you do. Exactly. What you but do. my
0: expertise, at least, is in the bootstrapping side. So if somebody gave me a million dollars to start a business, I probably wouldn't even know what to do with it. Like, I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do. This is not do the I do way I I've built businesses. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> so i like, yeah, you know, just buy a house, I guess. I mean, that's yeah, a,
1: that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I think that's one of the reasons why companies that look for VCs. They're like, okay, we've done this part. Somebody come in and help give us some more money so we can put some more engine behind it. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of really doesn't work. Oh, you need to do hire more sales. And I've had some experience, not experience like directly, but I worked for this one company uh, you know, almost 10 years ago. And when I first joined, there was like 170 people. And then they brought in a new CEO and it, they basically ramped up the entire sales team Gone from 10 salespeople to 400. And within six months, that company was pub- publicly traded. And then they filed bankruptcy or they started like diluting the stock. I don't know what they were playing with. Like they basically had to let go of 70% of the people.
0: So yeah, it's like, but the people, the owners were rich. They didn't care at that point. So that's kind of what the model works behind. I mean, look at it like Twitter's never made money. I think Airbnb loses money. I mean, you know, all these big companies that we're looking at, they're just losing money. They are not making money. They're playing the system.
1: They're Um, playing the system, exactly.
0: When you're building a small business, even if it goes up to like seven figures like ours, it's still, we need to make money. I mean, you know, we're not, we have, you know, I'm not going to go and take a million dollar loan off and pretend I'm a big company for the next six months or something like that. And then say, oh, I'm going to go bankrupt because I don't don't make enough money to pay back in a million dollar loan in two years or whatever it is. You got to build
1: up. You got to build up that revenue to match your expenses and then eventually overcome those expenses.
0: That's it. Well, that's what, and that takes the initial hustle, which is where a lot of people burn out because when you're launching a business, so I've launched multiple businesses and I always use my same methodology because I like the hustle part. I really like when it's just like me or me and one person kind of just grinding. For example, right now I'm working on building a SaaS product called Mm -hmm. Podcast Talk and I'm writing most of the basic code and I'm just about to hire one programmer next week. That's it. That's all that's going to be by the time we launch is me and one programmer, because there's a little bit of grunt programming work that I just don't have time to do when I'm managing my other businesses. Yeah. This is my favorite part of running a business. Once it gets successful, I kind of lose interest. Successful being like about half a million dollars in revenue. Yeah. I usually hire somebody at that point to do it. You have to know your strengths and weaknesses and day-to-day operations, my respect to the people who can do that. The ones who kind of execute every day really well. That's not my skill set. Honestly, I'm like, I'll get you there. I'll even put this I'll build the system. I just need somebody else to check the system to make sure it's working and then make those yeah. fine little tweaks in there to you know take us to the next level. If that's not my skill set.
1: You like the building part, you like assembling That's so it. For example, I, I spent two weeks, three weeks building this uh GT three Lego Porsche model, right? Once it's built, right? Behind guys. me there's
0: a model that has about 2,000 pieces that I put together that it's a Japanese, what they call Gundam, it's a yeah, Japanese robot. And yeah, yeah. it took about 2,000 pieces, plus then the stickers and the painting and everything that goes on. And now me. it's I love just sitting guy. there. Yeah, like,
1: all right, somebody love, else go that's play it. with yeah, it. it. <laughs>
0: exactly, I, I have no interest in playing with it. I have another box sitting in there. Normally, before I had my son, I'd spend the weekend, I'd you know, spend a few hours every weekend doing it. Yeah, exactly. I haven't been able to in the last few months, but hopefully that'll come back.
1: Yeah, so I I absolutely love building putting, you know, figuring out all those intricacies. Okay. Like, okay. How can I like you're using your, your analytical and your creative mind together and mm-hmm. like, Oh, how's this going to come together? Let me put this together. Okay. It's done. Cool. What's the next project?
0: That's <laughs> it. That's it. Well, look for up to a, up to a point, at least I, I do have the follow through, right. To get it up there because to me, right. like done is not until people are me paying right exactly. 100 customers are paying me for it right yeah, yeah um there's still some tinkering to do but you're right it, every business gets to a point where all you have to do like liveling was there right now i have an opera you know i have a coo my wife takes care of the academic side of things she's the chief academic officer i kind of have board meetings equivalent i have like a one hour meeting every week but yeah. i don't get too too involved in liveling was day-to-day operations anymore because we've been doing it now for 10 years i mean there's not every once in a while we pivot and there's a little we we just launched a new website, mm-hmm. worked with a new UI UX company, right? Because the yeah. first version of LiveLingual was me buying a theme for $25 on theme <laughs> <laughs> You know, it worked, but it, it wasn't worked, that yeah. th- the greatest looking thing in the world. So the UI UX company came in. I was more involved in the business at that point. So a little more creative, we have to kind of get all that stuff working. Pages up after a few false starts, server transfers. there was a few nights I didn't sleep in there, but <laughs> now it's running again. People are running it. I'm focusing on, other projects, right? I mean, some yeah, of the other businesses yeah. that I'm working on and I'm really excited about it. I mean, I, I wake up in the morning, I go to bed thinking about what I'm working to do the next day and I wake up in the morning, can't wait to get in front of, and start working on it.
1: That's the best feeling, right? And, and, and dare I say it, is that the American dream, right? <laughs> to be able is, to work on It is, but most something? people
0: don't. Well, most I mean, people... this goes back to what we started this whole conversation about, exactly. the why. Yes. Um, my why is actually pretty simple. Even though it doesn't, it, a lot of people have much more high-minded and wise than me. I grew up, when I grew up in Turkey, um, how would I put it? My family was probably middle class, mm-hmm. but they, the the company they worked for sent me to a private school. So I was the poorest kid in a rich school, right? So yeah. I always felt poor growing up. That's why I'm trying to phrase it. I mean, I was, I'm not going to claim that, I, you know, I grew up on the streets. We, were, yeah. we had a comfortable house. We never ran out of food. Um, but ever since my biggest worry has always been money. Not that I want it. I don't want a fancy house. I don't want fancy cars, all that kind of stuff. But my yeah. why is creating enough income streams that even if one of them dies, because I've lost businesses overnight before, um, if one of them dies, that income comes in. So that's why i build I try a lot of different businesses. I failed plenty of businesses. I mean And even some of them, when you succeed they don't take you to where you want to go. The chocolate factory I owned in Asia. Yeah. I sold my stock shares in it after running it for about three years because it wasn't generating enough income to make it worth the time. It was generating a few thousand dollars a month. Great for somebody who lives in Southeast Asia, Mm -hmm. not that great for somebody who's making, you know, in the United States. So I sold my shares to my partner. Um, so really it's remembering the why and then kind of everything you do should be for that. And mine is, I just don't want to worry about money anymore. Um, Again, I wish I was kind of more no. high-minded than that, but it was no, simply the, stress, the biggest stress in my life kind of thing, right?
1: That is a very beautiful and very solid, and the why should be super simple, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to worry about money, so then my kids don't have to worry about it when they're growing up. We have enough to pay for the expensive, a roof for our house. That's all anybody needs. That gives us time, freedom
0: back. That's right? exactly it. The, the right. end result is the freedom. is the, is the freedom from stress. Yes. And my wife and I, again, before we had um, a child and we're going to do it again once COVID's over and he's about three, we would travel three months every year. So, you know, because we work online, we were able to, we just took our computers and people would ask, are you going on vacation? I'm like, kind of, because what, you know, let's say we went to Japan. Our last big trip was to Japan last year. We spent six weeks in Japan and we woke Mm -hmm. up in the morning. We checked the emails, maybe had some meetings. Maybe got some work done. Then we can get up, have lunch outside, and then go to a temple that we saw on you know on TripAdvisor for the, in the afternoon. If you ask me, was that day a work day or a vacation day? I'm like, I don't know. Yes, <laughs> I mean you know we did both while we were there. So um, that's the kind of life we're looking to build ourselves. Yeah, I work much more now than I ever did when I was in corporate America. No, I but- totally get it. I love it. I mean, what most of what I, I love most of it. Let's be honest. It's almost 20% of your job that you're like, "Ugh, oh, taxes." You know, <laughs> I got to find my taxes again this year or something. That nobody likes. But the rest yeah. of it I really love what I do.
1: No, that I think that is very powerful and and in one in one scenario or another, that's something that I'm looking to build to. Like have a sustainable not just a sustainable revenue income or have multiple revenues of income that gives me the time for your bank so I can go out and spend time with my kids. Right. They're not going to be five years old, three years old for a long time. They're going to grow up and they're going to be like, Oh, dad's always working. Right? I they're was playing
0: have... with my son right before getting on this call with you. And yeah. it's, you know, in local time, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's middle of the work day. Most people nowadays with COVID, most people might wish they don't could didn't have to play with their <laughs> kids in the middle yeah. of the day. Um, but other, you know, it is a privilege, especially when my son's so young. I mean, it is. Yeah, I I was here when he crawled the first time. When he's, you know, he's been he stood up. Unfortunately, I'm here when he's teething too, which is slightly <laughs> not quite as much fun as that sounds. Um, I know what but, you mean. Yeah, like it started, <laughs> his first teeth came out like oh, two days ago, so we're right in the middle of it right now. Yep, and um, he's got
1: those ear pains and crying. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's been yelling. In fact, my wife has him out. We have a garden. He's, he's in the, uh, you know, walking him around the garden right now, so you guys don't hear. <laughs> you know, yelling in the background of our podcast, but I wouldn't trade this for anything. Right. I mean, yeah. I can take it up. I can take tomorrow off if I want to make up the time on Saturday or not. I mean, it kind of depends on what I want to do. Right.
1: That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Well, well so you've told us a little bit of your journey, where you started, how you got started, what inspired you, what keeps you motivated and all the things that you love to create on a mm-hmm. daily basis that I think, the more I have interviewed people, the more I talk to people, the more clarity I gain on why I'm doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's to create connections like this. I think, I've, I think I've mentioned this many times on the podcast. Like this is my favorite thing to do. Like all the publishing and all the editing, that's fun too. I mean, I love doing that when I first first was first starting. But it, but I was like, I want that time back. I I just want to be talking to people all day long learning about what they are passionate about learning about how they overcame a certain struggle like i'm still trying to overcome the struggle of emailing people emailing my list right like (laughs) what do i say to people like what (laughs) would they stick around would they reply back and i'm sure they will i mean i don't know right I, i i sent one email out like last year and i was like oh I got like no response, like, why am I not doing it? So I do have a full-time job. So that's also, you know, that's also another reason why I'm not able to spend as much time thinking about all of this stuff. And then having three kids is not easy. Especially COVID, we have time. one. I'm like, my, in right. my
0: respects, and we live in Mexico, so we have a night nurse, a nanny, and a cook. I mean, and it's still a lot of work to have a kid. So. Oh my god! And my mother-in-law's That's... living with us during COVID, so oh she's god. even helping us out. So yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So my youngest is two and a half, and right now she is like, I want to be in front of a computer like my two brothers because you know they're going to school. They just started school yesterday, and you know they're in front of a computer like three, four hours. You know with with few breaks in the middle so she's like i want some of that too so we're like okay let's figure out what we can do for you and she's very yeah it's it's a lot of fun i mean i, I get some knocks on the door and questions and and i'm like i'm still trying to get my tasks done because if being an adhd like somebody who gets distracted very easily it's very hard for me to get into zone and somebody comes knocking on the door so i'm trying to get like i get up early at 5 a.m like okay i've got some peace time i can spend some time on this work but it's a ton of fun absolutely
0: i could, couldn't agree more i mean you know we, we wouldn't trade it for the world um yeah and the goal is like your goal is to have this the ability to work from home not have a full-time job or your full-time job is your choosing which is a little yes, different um and we've absolutely. been lucky that i've been doing that for about 13 years now and i yeah i mean I, I can't imagine going back to an office
1: yeah yeah absolutely so give me a minute uh hold on mm-hmm. there's a there's a better way to do a transition <laughs> like, i'll be right back i got my son knocking at the door i heard him um, talk he calls you baba yeah. which
0: where are you from originally if you don't mind I'm me from asking pakistan okay because I, when i grew up in turkey baba is also the turkish word for dad yep, that's why i was and- like yeah,
1: in Arabic and uh Turkish and in, in Saudi, you know, Pakistan, it's it's very similar word. That's that's
0: why I'm like I understood. I'm like yeah, I know what that means. So yeah, take care of what you need to do. All
1: right, I'll be right back. All right, we're back. Thank you for waiting. Um,
0: commercial break. Said,
1: <laughs> gotta have a commercial break, right? There you go. <laughs> so yes, so to, to have the freedom to work on the projects that we want at home of our choosing i think that's Mm -hmm. that's a powerful thing to be able to do and for the past 12 to 13 weeks i've been involved in a mastermind group where he's it's like you got to get your yellow time on your calendar which is your time right and you got to have a team in place so they can do the work. They can support you as an entrepreneur, and that's what it really is. That's what entrepreneur being you know being entrepreneur really is, is having a team that supports you, being able to work hundred hours it. a day,
0: right? Well, I mean, you know, the example. Let's go back to Live Lingua. We teach thousands of hours of class every day. When we started Live Lingua, it was me on the yeah. made the website. I answered the emails, and my wife was the Spanish teacher. Yeah there's no way my wife would be teaching a thousand hours of Spanish every single day. I mean, you know, impossible, but we have a team. Now we have about 150 staff and teachers around the world that teach this. And you know, that's the only way we're able to kind of reach this volume again, compared to Amazon, they sell more products per millisecond than we give in classes, but we're not looking to be Amazon. I mean, you know, most there's a reason why I, and I, don't have the exact numbers like 50% of Fortune 500 CEOs are divorced right because in order to run and manage a business of that size you have to sacrifice a lot yeah and those are things i'm not willing to sacrifice i'm not willing exactly. to sacrifice my family i don't think i'd be that much happier with a you know 50 million dollar business than i am with a 2 or 3 million dollar business yeah. i mean you know that's more than i would ever need to live right exactly um, so you have to know yourself because i think part of our culture in the united states is more 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 you know oh i have and i fall into that trap as well yeah, yeah we it'd be it. great when i can make $1000 a month off this business how about 2000 10 <laughs> and i'll be totally happy and like you make 10000 i like 20000 sounds kind of yeah. good and then you get and you keep going up and there's never an end right where you're like even if you're not spending it it's just like now of this month because
1: it's that's what i've nature. been trained
0: to to think yeah. that i need more more and more when really i'm like huh. We yeah. own our house. We have no car payments. I mean, I have no mortgage, no rent, no car payment. How mm-hmm. much money do I really need to survive every month? Probably not too Nuts. much. So, <laughs> yeah. So.
1: No, that's that's so true because it's it's that um, it's in human nature to want more, right? Mm-hmm. To want more. Um, if you were given, uh, I think there's there's a saying that if you were given a mountain of gold in one hand, you'd ask, Hey, can I have another one? <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm, of course because you're never happy with what you have um luckily a lot of you know there are a lot of court not courses but you know you can read books about self-realization these days um the how far down you go down that rabbit hole varies by person right i'm an engineer so i mean i understand the concept but you can get a little too far into that into that world yeah um but i do understand the general i I agree with the general principle of it right where it's not stuff i mean
1: An example I
0: give is one thing we splurged on our trip was my wife and I, she bought it for my birthday. She rented a Ferrari for the day and I drove it around Tuscany, like on like a private tour. I felt so awkward doing that. I mean, it was kind of cool, (laughs) but in the same way, it's like, I can't imagine this being normal. I remember it was a convertible. So we kind of pulled back into Florence at the the end of the tour Mm -hmm. and I kind of pulled up to an intersection and some guy was walking around asking for money. And I was sitting there in a Ferrari, and literally, I had no money on me. I mean, it's, it's not my car. But he kind of comes up, and I was like, "Sorry, no cash." And he just kind of gave me this evil look, like, <laughs> "Like what are you talking what about? What are you talking like, about? You're driving like, a Ferrari. Sorry. How can you have no cash?" I'm like, "Honestly, this is just. I drive a Hyundai back yeah. home. I mean, this yeah. is not my normal car. So yeah, I can't. I don't want that to be my life. Like you know, kind of yachts and Ferraris and all the rest. Yeah, I don't think it would
1: be yeah. Happy at all. That's that's beautiful because I think another thing uh, my my son was asking is like because um, because you know being muslim and and learning about the prophet's life and all that you know he's like they're always so poor all the time the prophet like why it's like you, you know and he's like the reason is like they would always give away the food and i was like you know there's a huge reason behind it because on the day of judgment you're going to be asked for every single penny you've earned every single splurge that you did you know you, you got to pay you got to answer. For all of those things so it's you you've got to be able to be content with your life with what you have and look at the people who don't have much instead of looking at people who have dimensions and you
0: know and our culture things. is not built for that i mean the it t- is not. they don't make tv shows about the regular people they make no, TV they shows about the <laughs> rich who do ridiculous and awful things on tv and i mean i'll tell you as i mentioned i quit you know Close to a six-figure job in yeah. the United States to volunteer for $150 a month in Southern Mexico for two years. Those were the two best years of my life. Yeah. Um, we, My wife and I volunteer to school for the deaf for one week every year. We go out there, they put us in their lodging. Yeah, Those are, that's one of the best weeks ever, every year. More than us going to a vacation home or stuff like that is are those weeks. And we're looking forward to taking our son to do those kind of things too, because we want to teach him that aspect of it. Um, even if we do get lucky enough that we make a lot of money, our son's never going to know. He's yeah. not gonna have any clue that we're doing it. It'll be the bank. We're that most, and we'll pay for his college. But I'm like, if he wants a car when he's fifteen, I'm like, sure. Here's mm-hmm. the classified ads. Yeah. Go look for a job. Yeah, don't buy your car. I'm like, yeah. but I'm not giving you money for it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm exactly definitely not better, gonna do that. It. So exactly, exactly. I think
1: the other reason why that was the most exciting time for your life is because you realize how much luxury we come from, mm-hmm. right? How much how many blessings we have, right? To be living in, you know, living in this world, living in this state, living in this country. I think it is a huge luxury. And so we need to be thankful and grateful and compassionate of what we have. And when you are going out there and giving of your time to help these people who are in need, it just fills your heart because you are doing physically something that is providing for that. And I think that's, That's the entire reason we are put on this earth to help one another.
0: And, you know, one of the things I think it's Ernest Hemingway who said it, and I'm going to totally massacre the quote, (laughs) but it it was something about, you know, nothing kills uh, prejudice and ignorance like travel. Um, I'm paraphrasing a lot, but the idea is if you live in, you know, Western Europe or the United States. You even if you come from a quote unquote poor family in the Western Europe the United States, you have yeah. no idea. Um, go to the Philippines, where you know where half of my family is from. Mm-hmm. My wife went there. My wife is Mexican, and she grew up kind of low, upper lower class, which means you know she, she grew up in a small town, mm-hmm. but her parents were well to do by the small town, but by any other standards, they were pretty poor. So her standards weren't super high. She went to the Philippines for the first time, I think seven or eight years ago when we opened yeah. our chocolate factory. And we were driving nice. in Cebu from the airport to my aunt's house. Mm-hmm. My, my family there is kind of middle-class. They have college educations, but they're not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. But we to get anywhere, you have to drive by this like slum, which was built on top of a trash heap. Mm-hmm. And she saw babies that were naked, just running around in the trash and playing all day. She was wow. crying by the time she got to my aunt's house she realizes like wow i mean she'd seen it on tv and you know but that's not the same we actually seeing it in real life yeah. and then we came back to mexico and all of our aunts and uncles are complaining oh how poor we are in mexico and i remember we didn't say anything but i'm like Mexico's part of the g20 so by definition it's one of the 20 richest countries in the world yeah um you guys have no idea i've never seen anything in the you know in mexico Yeah, Um, There might be like a certain section in Mexico City, but in general, I don't, that kind of poverty doesn't exist in Mexico. It doesn't exist in the United States. You guys want to see poverty? You're from Pakistan as well. You know, I mean, there are parts of Pakistan, which even the poorest, the person there would be happy to live in the poorest part of the United States compared to where they're living over there. They would trade in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. So that's, travel really opens that up to you once you kind of get out of your little bubble Mm -hmm. and see, you see the rest of the world
1: that's that's so beautifully put man thanks thanks so much for reminding and thanks so much for you know bringing that up because uh i've seen i mean I keep going back to you know being grateful for what we have mm-hmm. and it just boils my blood when I hear my kids complaining and whining, <laughs> like oh, you guys <laughs> have no idea what you're not missing that that's it you know so um I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce that idea because my wife's been saying, you know, we got to go back and, you know, go for Hajj, go for Umrah back in mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's, you know, that's another, you know, rich country. But I think going to like Thailand and Philippines and, and these other countries, I think it totally changes your perspective. Go to the Philippines.
0: Thailand was, I was there in October. I was actually surprised at how developed it was. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. you know, that, that wasn't <laughs> as poor a country as I expected it to be. I expected Philippine level. It's actually a lot more Mexico level. The GDP is about the same. Wow, okay. Their train system much better than what we have in Boston, I'll tell you that. I mean, their, their railway exactly. system was much better than anything I've seen. Yeah, they got to so, have yeah. it,
1: right? They got to have that public transportation. Well, that's it. But support. I mean, was, everything was
0: on time. Everybody was respectful, waited yeah. in lines. So I was very, very impressed. Nice.
1: Cool, man. Well, well, that was really awesome talking about the fragility and the existence of life that we have, the time that we have on this earth, and, and what we can do to make this world a better place and how we're doing it you know, all the different things that we do and how we can be grateful. Um, we are constantly, at, you know, looking at ways to help others. There's um, there's a, a relief foundation that we're working with um, as a, you know, as a t- part of a team of a cyclists, we do fundraisers all the time to help. There's a program where they're raising funds for misplaced women, misplaced, you know, mm-hmm. uh, families that, you know, that have gone through you know it's like you know I guess domestic abuse and you know transitioning families, so we're we're always looking to give and looking to see how we can help others any way we can.
0: Likewise, Live Lingua, we sponsor children through Save the Children. Um, So for every 100 new students we get, we can, we're able to bring on another child. Our goal is to be able to sponsor at least 100 children around the world through the Save the Children program. My wife and I personally, as we mentioned, we volunteered and we actually sponsor two kids, um, sponsor their education at School for the Deaf here in Mexico. So yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's very important to us as well. Again, I want to have money, so I don't worry about it, but I'm not going to do it. Our goal, actually our dream is to start a charity. Um, you know, yeah. once we get enough money that it's just not a thing anymore, we'd like to, you know, start the Bill and, & Bill and, Mill and the Gates Foundation on mm-hmm. a microscopic the scale microscope. compared to them, but at least do something, you know, something to do with teaching online entrepreneurship um, nice. in countries like Pakistan, the Philippines, where we can change, you know, making $100, $200 a month online is the difference yeah. between poverty and middle class. It is,
1: it is. Um, in fact, my, my VA, um, will be probably going through the this episode. She is from she's from Philippines and you know she's she's a very hard worker. She's always willing to learn new stuff. She's just so such an amazing resource to have to get you know get a lending hand.
0: So I'll say po to your VA which is <laughs> thank, thank you, you in Tagalog yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thank you thank you so much. Alright so at this at this junction of our episode, we like to ask some questions, some quick questions to tie it all back to hacks and hobbies. <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right. What is one hobby that you wish you got into?
0: That I wish you have gotten into? that I haven't gotten into? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. Let me think. Generally, if I want to do something, I kind of do it. <laughs> so that's why I'm just like, what haven't I done? Okay, one thing that I'd like to get into or at least try mm-hmm. is paragliding. Uh, with Ooh. the motors on the back. I have mm-hmm. a friend in Japan who does that. And he keeps putting his photos on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, I have a fear of heights. But that looks amazing. I would love to be able to do that.
1: Nice. That, that sounds really awesome. Um, a friend of mine, uh, actually, my coworker shared this link, where these guys, they build airplanes. And they put these huge wheels on them. So they can basically land them every, anywhere they want. And they go flying and they have these crazy adventures. And uh, it's really cool. To watch them like
0: that's it the freedom of flight i think that's kind of you know the final frontier for us humans that's right uh, that we, you know that we <laughs> need to do
1: absolutely all right next question what did you want to be when you were a
0: child huh. anything but an entrepreneur oddly enough um <laughs> so what did i want to be Oh, I want to be a computer programmer since I was a kid. I mean, I knew that I, I used to work on these old Apple two GSs. I'm dating myself a little bit, you know, back when floppy disks were actually floppy. (laughs) Uh, you know, that's when I started. And I always thought I wanted to be a full-time computer programmer and make computer games.
1: Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I, I didn't think I wanted to be a computer programmer till I was exposed to a computer at home. I was like, this is the best thing ever.
0: Well, that's it. And I mean, you know, this is back in the 80s. The computers have green screens and all that kind of stuff. But I thought it was really amazing. So,
1: yep. Yep. Awesome. Next question. What is your favorite movie or
0: TV show? Favorite movie. Oh, yeah. It's not a very good one. The Fifth Element. I love oh my god. That is my favorite movie too. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm, I'm I mean seeing, everybody's I'm, like it's so awful. I'm like I've I, I love that. that movie. I'm I've laughing. It's action. So. I love it. I think I think it's great. So I've yeah, seen that Fifth movie Element.
1: So many times. Like I can't even count it on my fingers that that's how many times I've seen the movie. I have
0: the <laughs> opera scene like on on my MP3 when, yes. when she's singing like I, I mean just I love that. that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's an awesome movie. And then that that was like one of the first movies we get to you know, uh, get introduced to Lilu or what's her actual name? I can't remember. And then now she's remember. like all over. Uh, what's that movie series?
0: Resident Evil, isn't it? Yes, Resident yeah. Evil.
1: She's like all mm-hmm. over that one.
0: Those movies are not that great. They're 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 yeah. like you know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever made it through an entire one. But that's fine. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> they're they're model after a video game, you know. <laughs> exactly. What you and do? I
0: did play the video game, but even so, I yeah I was He's not like, a big fan ah, of it. There's yeah. no storyline. Yeah.
1: All right, next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it?
0: Okay. Um, I'll take the movies of Star Trek. Nice. Not the series, the movies. Yeah, the movies. Mainly the next generation area of it. Mainly because I love to explore. Um, so, you know, nothing to do with the play? actual, you know, fighting Borg and all that rest of the stuff. But in... In that world, their job is to check, quote, cool new places. That that's How amazing awesome. is that? I'm like, it you know, they, money doesn't exist. Food gets replicated. Your housing's taken care of. All you got to do is go to places nobody's gone before and just yep. check it out. I'm like, yep. that seems like an amazing
1: world. I actually have a poster on my wall that says Mars explorers wanted <laughs>
0: that's it that's and i'm this is more than mars so i will go with any of the, the star trek next generation movie any of the movies but in awesome.
1: that world perfect i love it man who is your favorite superhero
0: Ooh, these are right up my alley silver surfer same reason
1: oh my god i call my my car it's a it's infinity g37 i call her call it the silver surfer because it's a silver <laughs> car and i used to drive for left and i'm like welcome aboard the silver surfer <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. But Silver Surfer is the same thing, right? He's a guy you can just travel around the galaxy. Not so much the backstory, you yeah. know, the tragedy and all that, yeah. all that kind of stuff, but just the, you know, the, the whole idea of doing that. And, you know, it, almost infinite cosmic powers. Yes. Minus the whole, you know, being, bes- after he gets free from Galactus. I'll add a little geek course, reference yeah. there. After that, not pre-Galactus.
1: A lot of parallels that I see here is, I love those video games like Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, I'm playing on drama right now. Honestly, right?
0: literally that's what I'm playing right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun because you're exploring, you're doing
1: all this cool stuff. That's I'm like, oh my God. And then they introduced this new game called No Man's Sky, like came out like four four or five years ago. I don't know if you got to play No Man's Sky. I played Sky. it when
0: it first came out, but they didn't have any features. So I was like, literally, there's nothing to do. So yeah. I was just kind of flying around space. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I, I think I, I went back into it like a few months ago and I was like, wow, they've changed a lot. My friend's really playing it now, to, he's
0: trying to get right, me in. He says play. it's really good right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, but when I tried it, but when I started it off, I'm like, this is, it looks pretty. But,
1: and what's cool is that they've also introduced a VR mode. So if you have a virtual reality set. I do, I do. You can pop it in and you can just fly all over. And it's, it's pretty cool. They did a lot of work on it.
0: Yeah, my, my wife doesn't like when I spend that much time. <laughs> I and mean, I, I still sneak it in, don't get me wrong. But, I, you know, not as much as I would like and oh, more man. than she would like, I would say.
1: I totally get it. Um, I'm waiting for this um, device to arrive. It's called the Field 3 Motion Simulator. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, no. Uh, it is a motion simulator where you sit inside this half dome, put your VR goggles on. It can rotate 360 degrees, Oof. and it moves up and down. There's real a- player one,
0: that's
1: it. Yes, real player one, exactly right. So, And they talk about flying... You know spacecraft and flying uh you know um fighter you know fighter pilots or you know what do you call that jet jet fighters and and motorcycles driving motorcycles the
0: sim the simulator games right yeah. it's all the simulator games and it's yeah. so
1: realistic it like brings a reality and it, it's skull. it also has these built-in vibrators that'll vibrate the entire chair so you feel all the bumps you got to check it out, man. I no, think well, there gonna... might be
0: certain aspects. For example, my wife and I, we went to the Air and Space Museum there in D.C., right? And they had an area where you can pretend to be yeah. flying in fighter jets, right? It literally lets you go upside down. It does. So I was flying, of course, and I yeah. went upside down with my wife <laughs> in the next seat. And after like 10 <laughs> seconds, we're like, go back, go back. Because you feel all the blood rush in your head. And you're like, that is actually a lot of work. So yeah, I can imagine is. that happening when I'm playing computer games, you know, it like the old big of... commander games or something like that. I'd be upside down half the
1: time. Yep. Yep, that 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 is exactly <laughs> what this enables you to do in the comfort of your own home. Well, so you, you know, uh, this guy came up with the idea and he built this whole thing. It was a Kickstarter project. He probably raised um, you know three hundred to five hundred thousand uh, dollars. He's out of UK. He's working on you know, working out of his. I mean, they had um, like right before COVID started, they had gotten this new workshop so they can. Do mass production, and then COVID happened. So, oh no! We're still we're still waiting on it, you know. Happily, so <laughs> I've made the investment, and just gotta wait for the thing to arrive, and then it's gonna. It'll be, get there. It'll get there. Awesome. I think I need to add another question about video Fireland. games.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, last question: If you were a board game, what what would it be? A board game.
0: Hmm. That is a much harder question. I used to play a lot of board games as a kid, and it was well. I don't know if this. Hmm, I used to do a little D and D as a kid, but I don't know if I. Oh well, that would be fun just because. It's, I don't know if you know the old Mech Warrior. There was a board game for Mech Warrior, and that uh-huh. just the idea of driving around in a hundred ton yeah. robot is kind of <laughs> that just be really a lot of fun. So uh, I'll go with the Mech Warrior board game.
1: Awesome, I like it. Well, thank you so much, Ray Blackney, right? Blakeney? Blakeney. Blake. Ray yeah. Blakeney, thank you so much for your time. We had a ton of we had a ton of fun on this conversation, <laughs> on this journey, learning about you, learning about all the cool things that you love to do, all the things that bring you joy and you know happiness to your life. Where can my audience find you?
0: Sure. So Oddly enough, and I really need to get a better answer for this, because like, I'm not like famous and I don't want to be. Um, so like, there's not like this one. Don't follow me on Twitter. Don't follow me on Facebook. You'll be bored. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, and I love talking to people about entrepreneurship and all the rest, I offer this to everybody. Very few people take me up on it. You can go to either livelingua.com, which is my primary business. I actually, if you go to the staff page, my email is right there. You can get in touch with it. Or my new pod, project, podcasttalk.com, which is a SaaS product. to actually help to get to help you get interviews on podcasts on autopilot. Um, that's what I'm most involved in right now. So you can also go there. If you go to that contact page within the next few months, at least, and you hit contact us, that comes straight to me for now. I don't have nice. staff there yet. So, um, And even if you do this in six months and I do have staff, they'll pass it on to me. So you'll get in touch with me that way.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Ray. This was a ton of fun. I definitely look forward to checking out podcast Haas podcast cast hawk. hawk the
0: animal
1: yeah he hawk the animal uh-huh. um it sounds like an amazing community or a soft you know software it'll be service. a
0: software i mean the basic it'll be you just put in hey i'll you know i'm interested in appearing on business podcasts that have this number of episodes and this many reviews or it'll have all these criteria that's you so say cool. save and it starts emailing them just in 25 50 emails a day not a million emails yeah. just to, with your pitch to everybody who's there. that's so good. That's so cool man. I can't wait to check it out.
1: And this episode will go out when it goes out. I mean I've got a, a few back it backfilled, but this was a ton of fun talking to you and connecting with you on a, on a totally different level.
0: Likewise, likewise, thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on their website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.